This is the Warm Springs Program Podcast on KWSO. Public transportation in rural areas can pose unique challenges compared to urban areas. Rural areas often have lower population densities, longer distances between destinations, and limited resources. However, providing effective public transportation in these areas is crucial for ensuring mobility and access to essential services for its residents. In Central Oregon, Cascades East Transit operates in Deschutes and Jefferson counties, providing bus services to the various communities in the region. Derek Hoffbauer is the Outreach and Engagement Administrator for Cascades East Transit. He talks about the need for public transit in our area and how Cascades East Transit has grown since its beginnings. You know, when a city gets to a certain population where it's growing, it needs to have a public transportation system. So the city have been recognizing that, kind of did it on their own, and it didn't work out very well. Um, some of the buses that they purchased had broke down, and they just kind of handed it over to COIC. And we had already started doing some kind of rural transportation work with like a dial-a-ride system in our executive director at the time, Karen Friend, um, was really interested in in wanting to stand up a transit system for the region. She felt strongly that, you know, people needed to get places and there weren't a lot of options for especially the rural communities. And so, you know, I think it was just her and a couple drivers and they did all the planning, they did all the procurement, got all the grants. And this is before we had stable grant funding. So it was a lot of work to stand the system up. And what you really see on the ground today is is a product that reflects that ambition and that desire to connect communities through the region. And if you think about COIC as as kind of an umbrella or a parent organization, it makes a lot of sense because we do adult and youth workforce education. So we're, you know, helping youth and, you know, maybe – Um, people transitioning um, in and out of jobs to get stable employment, to find housing. And we also do community and economic development. And there's a lot of regional planning that goes on in that context. And so transportation is really key, you know, moving goods and services, moving people, especially as, you know, it becomes incredibly expensive to live in Bend and even Redmond anymore. We're seeing a lot of, you know, people decide to live in Sisters or Lapine or Prineville, and then they need that access to public transportation. And so that's our role is to really fill in those gaps. We, so in addition to doing a regional route, so these are community connector routes. They go from Warm Springs all the way down, you know, to Madras and then to Redmond and then across to Sisters, across to Prineville, to Bend, and then Lapine. So it really covers, you know, that entire geography between Lapine and Warm Springs. And then we do dial-a-ride in each of the cities. So currently all of our services except or except recreation routes are free to the public. So that means hop on a community connector to go from Warm Springs to Redmond. It's free. Um, dial-a-ride service in Madras is free. And so that's something that we've offered since the beginning of the pandemic. We took all of our money-taking machines out to kind of avoid that transaction between the, the passengers and the drivers. And we've been fare-free every since. So we rely heavily on our grant funding to subsidize that service. But that's a, 
a huge community benefit. A lot of people still don't know that the, the bus is free. Creating an effective public transportation system in rural areas requires a tailored approach that considers the unique characteristics and challenges of each community that it serves. Cascades East Transit offers a range of services, including fixed route bus services, community connectors, and paratransit services for individuals with disabilities. So there's some planning that goes behind it. Um, you know, in kind of the early days of implementing the system, it was a lot of just going to the communities and figuring out, like, where people needed to go, where they were working, where they were shopping, and to really kind of set up a system that, you know, just worked for most people. And that system is actually still mostly in place today. We haven't made a lot of changes to it. People have been used to it. They like it. It works for them. The bus stops are convenient for them. And so we haven't had to make a lot of changes really to like, you know, augment our schedules or, you know, change our services hours. It's been fairly consistent, which which I think is a good thing overall. You know, it take when you change something, it takes people a while to get used to it, to figure out how it works. And so being consistent is good. Um, and then we go through a planning process. It's called a we have a transit master plan that we update about every five to six years. And the last one was adopted in 2020 by our COIC board. And that was, um, it was a fairly aggressive approach at looking at like expansion of services. And this was, you know, a lot of the work was done prior to the pandemic. So, you know, it was, it was really looking at CET's funding structure, which most of our funding comes from the statewide transportation improvement fund. And that's a payroll tax that was enacted in 2017 by the legislature. So that's Oregon wide. Everyone who works has a gets a paycheck in Oregon pays about a dollar a week into that. So it's a few hundred million dollars a year coming to Oregon. And then all that money, the way we're set up is it actually comes to the counties. We are the largest transit agency in Oregon that does not have a transit district. So we don't have our own tax base, you know, somewhere like uh, TriMet in Portland or Lane Transit District in Eugene, they all have separate revenue coming in just through a kind of a separate tax process. And then on top of that, they're getting this other funding. So, you know, for us as a growing organization and being able to expand services and buy new buses, you know, we need to, you know, we're, we're you know, we're grateful to have that statewide transportation improvement fund. We call it stiff funding. Um, without it, we wouldn't be simply wouldn't be able to operate. I mean, it's it's critical. Yet, you know, we're still now looking with in, inflation and and hiring the wages as we just talked about, and buses being twice as expensive as they were four years ago and harder to get. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a need, you know, the, the, the plans that we made pre-pandemic, we're trying to uphold, but it's, it's more challenging when you don't have the driver force. You need drivers to expand service, right? Cascades East Transit, operated by Central Oregon Intergovernmental Council, connects people to places through high-quality transit service. These services can be tailored to pick up passengers from their homes and take them to their desired destinations. Demand-responsive transit services such as dial-a-ride or ride-sharing programs can be more flexible in responding to the specific needs of Warm Springs residents. 
you know, and that's why we're proud of having free service. I think the Route 20 that goes from Morrison to Madras, um, you know, the route hasn't changed much. We did add the DHS stop um, back in a couple of years ago. But it's it's an interesting route because it's actually called a flex route or it's like a deviated flex route, meaning that, you know, individuals can, if they need to be picked up somewhere off of the route, they can actually call our call center and the bus will deviate and come pick them up. It's almost like a combination of like a dialerite and a fixed route system. Um, so it has that flexibility. Not a lot of people use that. A lot of them just kind of find a ride at the bus stop, but I did want to make it make it known that call the call center, let them know where you are, and the bus, you know, within a reasonable distance. You can see that outline, that dotted outline. That's how far it can travel outside of there. It doesn't go all the way to Sinasho, but, um, you know, it's it's kind of a buffer that provides additional access for individuals. Or let's say, you know, there's an elder that can't really make it too far out of their house and they need a curb-to-curb service, we can provide that and we can stop there and pick them up and drop them back off when the route's done. And so having that service um, is really a lifeline. And the ridership on Route 20, this is one of our highest ridership community connector routes. I mean, it's up there with the Bender Redmond route. Um, It's grown about 20% in ridership since last year. And I think just from January to June – of this year, we had about 11,500 rides. So that's pretty good ridership. I mean, it's free, you know, so a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Um, but, you know, we're we're seeing the bus pretty full on most runs. So that's really good. You know, we're excited to see that. We want our systems to be well utilized. We want to make sure that there's opportunities for tribal members to get, you know, to maybe save some money and, and you know, going to the, the bigger grocery stores there where they can get discounts on things um, and for employment, you know, looking at the jobs. And it's it's pretty frequent, and it's just, you know, it stops all throughout uh, Warm Springs. There are about eight different stop locations. And, and then in Madras, it goes to a lot of different stops as well. There's a stop at COCC. Not a lot of people know that it goes to the community college. So for those, you know, students or somebody wanting to take some classes there from Warren Springs, that's a great opportunity to use this bus service. Also goes to the Madras High School, St. Charles Hospital. The DMV is where we're going to be putting up some real-time signage. And then all the way uh, down to the Bymart. And then, you know, you can connect it from the DMV to go to Redmond even further down. It takes a little while to get all the way down to Bend and all the way back up, so you'd want to make sure you have some time in your day to, to be on the bus for that. But we look at the transportation system holistically, and we say, okay, what are the needs? Where do people need to go? What's the demand? We're seeing a really increase in demand from the services that are, you know, Central Oregon Breeze coming from uh, Bend, to Redmond coming up through Warm Springs, and there is a flag stop here in Warm Springs for tribal members to use, and then going to Portland. So being able to get out of our out of our region for family trips or medical. The other thing that we've done, which is um, pretty relevant to Warm Springs, is we started a van pool program. I think you heard about this in our last stiff meeting. Um, and this was something that started with we were we were planning to have a bus route between Warm Springs and Government Camp. We the bus was delayed. It was delayed, and we found out it was going to be twice as expensive as when we had first started to order it. 
So we thought about, hey, maybe we should do a van pool program instead. The vans are totally turnkey, um, driven by employees, and we have a really successful one between Ski Bowl and Warm Springs. And you heard, you know, Frances, who's a she's a, a manager at Ski Bowl, just explain how beneficial having tra- reliable transportation. I think. You know, back in the day, they'd take an old van that might break down a couple times a week trying to get up there. And it was hard for Skeeble to have that reliable, you know, employment from Warm Springs. And so with this van pool, it's 100% free. They pay for the gas. They pay for the rental. They pay for the insurance. And then the driver also gets 200 free miles a month to just be able to drive around as kind of like their own vehicle. So we're seeing a growth in that program, particularly looking at, you know, when Canada kind of fully is operational, hopefully this next summer, looking at really helping serve some of that area. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to start a transit route. It's way more expensive. Um, It takes a long time for people to figure out how to use it. But you have a group of individuals, especially for employment, that are doing a regular commute. Van pool is the perfect solution for that. So we've been growing that. Um, as far as our stiff advisory committee is concerned, we have a lot of community members on that. And, you know, during the last meeting, we did have some, you know, an elder that came and was a little bit concerned about, you know, the safety of riding the buses. And so we had talked about some technology improvements. We're getting better cameras retrofitted on our buses. We just got the contract signed today. So that's going to provide, you know, a cloud-based service where our dispatch can immediately patch in and see what's happening on the bus versus looking at a recording, you know, four hours later when the bus finally gets into the depot. And so that's going to be really helpful in terms of of some of our security. But, you know, back to the stiff advisory committees, they're kind of hearing from the from the community members about what's needed. We've been talking about potentially a service that goes into Wasco County. You know, maybe it's a, a one-day shopper shuttle. Maybe it's a, a kind of a dial-a-ride system. We're still trying to figure that that out. But we actually have a Wasco County planner that's, you know, wanting to be on involved in these conversations. And we can potentially share some of those funds because they get their own set of funding for the tribes up there. And so that would be a great kind of collaboration and looking at really the needs of the community and how best we can serve it with public transportation because there is a need to reach out into, you know, north of here um, to be able to make sure that the community has what they need. They can get access to goods and services, you know, and especially medical appointments. Getting people around in rural areas like Central Oregon presents a host of challenges. There's scheduling, route determination, and where and when service is needed. It's all part of the planning effort of Cascade East Transit. The things that we're working on are kind of our bus stop enhancement projects, trying to do a little more wayfinding, redesigning our schedules to make them a little easier to read. We always have a dependable website. Um, We've been putting a lot of resources on our website. That's CascadesEastTransit.com. That will always display, you know, any um, service interruptions or, you know, um, if there's anything happening with like the service or the schedule, that's a great place to look. There's an app called Passio Go that shows all of the bus routes in real time. So that's a good one for, for folks to know about. Um, and then, you know, we're working uh, – we did plan through our stiff committee 
um, I think it was at the last biennium of having a potential, like a kind of a subsidy for tribal members if they wanted to use the Central Oregon Breeze and be able to access services in, in Portland. And so we're willing to revisit that. There's an interest for the community members. The stiff funding is very flexible. That's how we've been able to use it for van pools, mobility hubs, just anything that's really in that realm of public transportation or supports access to public transportation, or you, it, you know, it's not viable to have a public transportation route, but you could do something else to help move people around. Um, that all qualifies, and so you know, even subsidizing an existing service or providing free tickets for tribal members. You know, if they have a medical appointment in you know Portland or need to visit friends or family, that that's so that's something that's certainly feasible in the future. We also do a veterans health care transportation program, so veterans who are living in Warm Springs anywhere in our region can go anywhere else within our region. They can go to Bend, they could go to Prineville. Um, we see a lot of trips from Prineville into Redmond and Bend, and that's curb-to-curb service. It's almost like a dialer, right, but it's able to cross the boundaries. And some of that service for efficiencies, we actually hire to the, some of the local cab companies to do that. If they're an ADA need um, or somebody's in a wheelchair, CET will provide those trips. And that's all done through that same scheduling software that we use. So it's free for veterans. Um, that's another good benefit that we offer and, and a service that's another one that's the fastest growing in the state. So, you know, as a region, we're growing. Um, more and more people moving here. And so we're trying to meet that demand and make sure with the, with the housing issues that we're seeing and the inflation and the cost of living, having regional transportation is critical to the success of our region. I mean, you can't live, you know, and work here. Mo- you know, a lot of people's expenses probably – 50, 60, 70% are transportation and housing. There's not much left at the end of that if you're having to drive, you know, 40, 50 miles a day to, to and from work. So, Thanks for listening to the Warm Springs Program podcast. For KWSO, I'm Will Robbins.